Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> Wine. I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. And I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast, We're Drunk on Theater. I'm your host, Brian Plopsky, and welcome to Hollywood. I could get used to this because this is my life. If you never give up on a dream, freedom comes on a night like this. I'm just the luckiest girl in the world, but you and I can see there's something about her. Together forever, you're beautiful on your long way home, but anywhere, but anywhere, but here is a welcome to my world. More champagne? Joining us today are the usual Rodeo drivers who don't forget to dance, including Kevin. I can't go back, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go back. <laughs> okay, we just have to go to this real quick. You have no idea how many times the three of us went to each other. I can't go back. Like over. It's you can never go back to before. And I, I, I bought the song because I needed it. I bought the song because I needed it for a sound cue. So, um, like for stuff, and and every once in a while, I'll be like on my, you know, like on my iTunes or whatever it is, and it'll randomly come up, and it's like it makes it, 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 it's, it's the, the best. best. Song. Wait, <laughs> can I like give you guys a round of applause? Like that was that was amazing. I didn't know that that was happening. That was I'm literally awestruck right now. That was insane. <laughs> Well, well, we also have to introduce Kimberly, our pretty game master woman and unofficial babysitter (laughs) for the hour. Game master woman. Thanks. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And if you couldn't hear, Brooklyn's here, also Staten Island. With us, another newsie to add to our newsie decks, gotta jet them all. You may have seen him in Newsies as Spock Conlon or in Pretty Woman as the Steen Ceiling Bellhop, or maybe you loved his turn on Big Brother 21 as himself. Let's give a big broad waist welcome to friend of the show. Friend of the show. show. Tommy Brocco. Y'all ready for this? Thank you so much guys. I love you guys. You guys are so talented and creative. That was amazing. The, the whole intro. Who wrote that? Oh, Brian. <laughs> We also forget that it happens until it happens. (laughs) That was incredible. Wow. Uh, Ryan. Listen, I have a lot of time on my hands. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't Um, know that that many songs existed in Pretty Woman. That was so... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, that one. It literally just kept coming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And um, as we start every episode, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Yingling Flight. Oh, Love nice. Beers. It's a light beer. Yingling's new uh, light beer line. I love them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the best. The what are you guys beer. drinking? I love Yingling. Um, I'm back on my gin and tonics. Nice. <laughs> I have a gin and tonic with... Um, we found tonic that already has lime flavor in it. Ooh. And I recommend just cutting open a lime. 
But it's what I have. Is that the Bar Hill? That's the Bar Hill you're drinking? It is my Bar Hill gin, which we also have Bar Hill vodka back there. Oh, really? Yes. And I, uh, the bottles look exactly the same, except one says gin and one says vodka. And I got very close to accidentally having a vodka tonic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So be careful in the stores. What's the difference between, like, a club soda, a tonic... And uh, and uh, seltzer. seltzer and a seltzer. Club soda and seltzer are the same thing, right? No, we didn't. We talk about this. Club soda has d- different sodium, whereas seltzer oh. is just the carbonated water, and then right. tonic is something completely different. Tonic has quinine and yeah, something calories. like that. Tonic has calories is the main difference. Yeah. Okay, and then Sprite. But you can buy diet tonic too. like my mom. Yeah, Sprite has calories too, unless you get Sprite Zero. I'm sure so that has some calories. Between like Sprite Zero, Seltzer, and then all those, I don't know. This basically like I don't know the difference between any of those drinks, like those mixers. I just like I just always say a soda. Club yep. soda and seltzer don't have a flavor. They're just carbonation. Oh. Right. You can buy them with flavors, but at their base, Kimberly's You're ordering it right. at a bar. I've yeah. got a lot of research to do, clearly. I, I, <laughs> when we're allowed to, we will go out to a bar. We will taste test every different combination. And we'll <laughs> My cousin. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> I feel like, isn't there a thing, like, you don't know that t- if you close your eyes and drink, like, a soda, a Sprite, or whatever, like, you can't taste the difference? There's an experiment there. Look it up online. Probably. Know what it is. But Wait, didn't we do it? I couldn't tell the difference between club soda and tonic. Yeah. I think so. We did that um, like two years ago now, probably. Yeah. yeah yes, I, I did make I you do that because you kept telling me they were the same. And I couldn't I tell the difference. I couldn't well, tell. Well, Kevin, it. what are you drinking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been having one of those like clean and reorganized days. So I've been like tearing open drawers and dumping them out on the floor and like going through Watch everything. The home edit. So I, I watched an episode and I was like, I have to clean my entire apartment. So um, by Rainbow. I've been doing that. So I opened an Oktoberfest Sam Adams like toward the end of that. And then right before we started filming, I was like, oh, I have to get a drink. So I poured a glass of red wine. So I'm double fisting Sam Adams Oktoberfest and a glass of red wine. So Kevin... I am all. I'm also double fisting. Yeah. We'll get a beer. Um, so I'm drinking the champagne of beers, Miller High Life. Um, this is my last one from my next door neighbors gifting us when they move. So I'm going to finish this one, and then I have Basil Hayden's uh, bourbon whiskey. Um, uh, this is also from them downstairs. Um, uh, so I felt like a beer and a shot tonight. I don't know. I was feeling like Bari. Yes. Yeah. Basil drink. So good. Basil Hayden is delicious. Basil Hayden. That sounds awesome. Um, well, we're, you're awesome. And we're very excited to have you here. Um, uh, but let's, let's get into it. Tommy, what's your favorite musical? Ah! Um, <laughs> Wicked. Duh. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I've seen like over I'm not even exaggerating I'm this, this is a, a legit number this is no exaggeration over 30 times I love really? it I, I I I love it Does that does that include like tour productions or are you like st- like strictly Broadway 
tour productions. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, it's just so good. I love seeing like, I, it never gets old for me because I love seeing what different actresses bring to Glinda Nelphaba. Oh, who were your first? Who are your, who are they for you? Oh my gosh. I actually don't even remember. I literally don't even remember. Um, I will say I loved Lily Cooper as Alphaba. I got to mm. see her on. So jealous. She's a, she was amazing. Oh my gosh. She's just like such a, an amazing actress. And I yeah. feel like you have to see that with that. Uh, and Carol Lindsay. I know they're, they're two of my friends, but they, maybe I'm biased, but they were my favorites. I That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, um, is there, is there something that speaks to you about it? Like, uh, like what, what does it for you? I don't know. Like literally it's just, it's like literally Broadway magic. It's just like it's mm. a blockbuster of Broadway. And I, yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's literally just my favorite show. I think it's magical. I, sure. really, I love the music. I love the choreography. I love the lighting. I love the, like the music. Oh, I love seeing all the performers. I love all the songs. Mm -hmm. I really miss Wicked. I got really excited because I tweeted at Wicked. I can't wait to go see it for the 30 something time. And they tweeted back at me. So I was very excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. What was the last thing you saw before the shutdown? Oh, oh, uh, the Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Loved it. Oh, cool. And I saw it. That was the second time I saw it. Love that show. Oh my gosh! Yeah. What's the name? The girl that sings. Uh, Lauren. Lauren Patton. Holy Toledo. She got a standing ovation. Yeah, the night I was there too. A Wednesday matinee. She got a standing. Wow. Matinee. Who does that? That's insane. In the middle of the show. In the middle of the show on a Wednesday matinee, she got a standing ovation. She's That's insane. Nuts. But that number was so good. Oh. I know. I just, I just binge watched uh, Succession, and she's in it for a couple episodes, oh, and really? I got very excited. And it just like, it's so funny when. Would you say? Sing. She does not sing, but when you're watching, I feel like we're all watching a lot of television, obviously now, and binging stuff. And when you and like in a lot of those shows, when you see someone from Broadway, it like it shatters you a little bit because like when you recognize them immediately, what they do, what they're what they're like full. Um, spectrum of talent is and then like you're just and then you think about those things like the Wednesday matinee and then you like you like go into this whole world of like thinking about like the last show you saw or the first show you'll see coming back I feel like yeah. that's been a large part of kind of the binging culture for us theater people mm-hmm. yeah as D- DTPs as we've defined ourselves oh, God. deep theater people deep theater uh, people say- as we were called by Aaron actually <laughs> yeah uh, no. Wait, DT- yeah, Aaron, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Nikisha did the uh, acronym. But um, l- l- I'd love to move on to Newsies. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, you were in what, it with here. You were in it. I was in it. <laughs> um, I mean, looking back on it now, you've done a lot of shows since then. You, I mean, you were awesome, like truly great. My mom still talks about you in Pretty Woman. And yeah, um yeah, like for real. But like the Jersey look, moms love you. Oh, big time. I um, love Jersey moms. <laughs> <laughs> what um think, thinking back on that experience and what it did for you career-wise and the impact it had on people, kind of how do you see it now, years after that, um, the, you know, that lasting impact it makes on people and yourself? Like how do you, from your perspective, what what does that mean to you when someone says newsies? 
It's so weird. Like, listen, I'll be completely real. It it was so long ago now that mm. it feels like it happened to another person. Honestly, like mm. it doesn't even feel like my life. Like it was so long ago. I was a baby when that happened. And I love Newsies. I do. I do. Um, I miss it. I think like just especially because, um, you know, Broadway's been shut down for a while too. I think especially that. I, it just feels like I'm so happy to be talking to you guys because I don't have a lot of Broadway in my life right now. I'm in Staten mm. Island. They don't go see... Like it's a, they go see shows during the holidays. Like it's a, it's not a lifestyle the way it is for us. So I haven't been like surrounded by it. And in terms of newsies, uh, I'm, I, I love it, but you know, it's, it's been just so long at this point. Like that's the real answer that I'll get like that. I, that's the truth. I just, I feel like just so, I feel like it happened to a different person, honestly. Mm. Um, I, Love the show. I love what it stands for. I think Disney really did a smart job with closing it when they did because it's like you never had too much of it. It, it you know, they took it away before you got sick of it. Um, mm. So I, I feel like that's why it, it has such a lasting effect because it was like you ne- you didn't have time to get sick of it. The show, um, and it was kind of the same for us. It only ran for two and a half years on Broadway. That's really not that much time in the grand scheme of things for as big of a hit as it was. It could have run for years longer if it, if they wanted it to, but the whole it was not to. And I think that's why it's such a phenomenon. And it the, the fact of the matter is it does still resonate the message. It still resonates with today's times. Um, and I think that that's why Newsies will always be a staple in musical theater history, honestly. I think it really made its mark. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm so proud that I was a part of that. I wish that I, I wish that it was still very much a part of my life, my everyday life, mm. but it's not anymore, to be honest with you. And I get like embarrassed. Like sometimes like my friends will be like, should we watch the Newsies music, like the movie? And I'm like, no, like I get shy, but like, Aww. I should watch it. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it in quarantine. It's so good. It's yeah. Like so the live cap? Kimberly, the yeah. live cap? Oh, yeah. There's like one like hungover Sunday or something when I was just like, I don't know, Newsy sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it with my parents during, uh, I think this past Christmas, like last year's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, everybody would come on stage. My dad was like, do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know that one? Do you know that one? <laughs> well, we're like slowly... Yeah, <laughs> we're slowly collecting in you guys, the, all of you. So, we're, we're our goal is to get every newsie ever. Yes, <laughs> I think there should be newsies trading cards. Like we have lots of Broadway cards, but there should just be newsies. We have right. Wait, really? What? Why didn't when, I know this? When newsies first came out, they came out with trading cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it were they like? Were they like Tommy Brocco as whatever trading card, or is it like of just your character? No, it's the character. So it says Spock Conlon, but it's my picture. And then on the back, I got to fill out. It says like, write a st- we had to like write a story about Spock Conlon. And I was like, rumor has it, he beat up a guy on a roller coaster while it was running. Like, it was all my words. And then they published it as if like, uh, as right. if we were, you know. 
the characters. It was cool. That's oh, incredible. That's so yeah, I I imagine that Spot Conlon was kicked out of Coney Island, like, and his picture was behind like the ticket taker. Like that's yeah, what I imagine. That's a, but no, but then he knows a guy that lets him in still. Yeah, yeah. the back entrance. Keep <laughs> yeah, like um, a trapdoor in the boardwalk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a spotty, he's coming up. Um, no, but that actually, that, funny enough, that was the roller coaster that I wrote that I was referring to on the trading card. It was the the cyclone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of Amazing. Course. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if. I know you said it feels like another person. It was a while ago. Could you, what percent of the show mm-hmm. could you do right now? Well, that's the weird thing. I actually think I could do the whole thing still. Wow. It's so weird. Like it does feel like it happened to a different person. But if you, if I had one, like one hour rehearsal, I could do the show. That's it. Mm. Like if it like came on in the car, like so you got into like an Uber and they're playing the Newsy soundtrack, you would know all the words. Um, yeah, 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 definitely know all the words. And in terms of choreo, I think I would just need to like run it once, and then I would be good mm. to perform it. It's like sure, it, it, okay. it's embedded in me. It's never gonna go away. It's it's crazy. Well, that's your any- podcast. So you have rehearsal tomorrow. No. <laughs> 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 Um, did you take anything? Do you have any set pieces or props? Yeah, I have a few things. I have like a newspaper. I have, I have my, my hat, my boots. Um, I imagine you like turning the camera around. It's the full set. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll show you this. This is from, this is my podcast room I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. And my podcast, I talk about reality shows. So I built a podcast studio and I took all of my costumes from Big Brother and all like the paraphernalia from Big Brother, but they're all on the wall right here. So mm. I have like all this stuff too. And then I've got this mannequin has all my costumes on it and my Big Brother bag. Yeah. Wow. So I don't have the Newsy stuff, but I do have the Big Brother stuff. That's great. Well, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Big Brother then. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of your, so podcast contestant did really well. Um, you know, you were a fan of the show beforehand, um, yeah. but um, let's talk about this season of yeah. Big Brother. Because um, when 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 you were on um, Built for the Stage with Kimberly and Kevin uh, yeah. live at Broadway Con, you talked a lot about your experience. Um, yeah. So, um, and and you could always listen to that one. Like listeners, you can listen to that one more about it. But uh, um, as someone who doesn't, I don't know if anyone on this podcast ever you watches Big Brother, like. What I want, I want to hear right now. What what would make Big Brother better? Like not better, but like what what improvements do you think they can make to the format that um, you think could like really for season twenty three, just like it would blow up even bigger. Is there a season right now? Yeah, right now. Oh. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like you know, everyone's got an opinion. I'll be real. Like. I'm, uh, yeah, I keep saying that. Sorry. I'm going to always be real, I guess. But I was like, have you been fake this whole I time? <laughs> um, everyone's got an opinion on what could be make the show better. And I'll be like, I steer clear from that just because there's so many things that we don't know about that go into the business aspect. Sure. Of, like, you know, I don't know. Everyone's got an opinion on what would make the show better. But the truth is, we don't know because we don't know what goes in 
what goes on behind the scenes. Like what the reason why I say this is because the fan base of Big Brother is very opinionated. And most of them, when you ask that question, will give you a list of corrections that they think that the show. I've seen the Big Brother Twitter in uh, in preparation for this because like it is. The fan it's base, a rabbit hole. It's a it's a wild fan base, but I feel like you. I think because I'm in the industry, also mm-hmm. I know that there are so many layers to things, um, and that's you, you. I don't know. I just feel like I'm more forgiving <coughs> for the well, things that they that people think are wrong with the show. I think I take the show as it is. I think that it's fascinating. Funny enough, a lot of people in the industry, like agents, casting directors, love Big Brother. I think that there's something about our industry that we are drawn to this social experiment on television. Um, I was surprised at how many agents and casting directors watch the show and love it. So, So as somebody who is in the industry, do you think not only in the industry, but was a fan of the show. Yeah. Did you, did you feel going in for your season? Now I'm talking about, did you feel like you had a leg up? Did you feel like you were a bit more prepared because you had that combination of things, not just one or the other? Um, yeah, I feel like, um, so in our industry, we meet people from all over the world on day one of a new show. You meet, cast members from all over the world. Literally, some people travel to America to live in New York City to be on Broadway. Um, I'm used to meeting a group of people and having to get along with them. Most of the other contestants have never had to do that in their lives. They Mm -hmm. just live in the small town that they live in, and then they go into a a house where they pluck different personalities, people from different places. They put them together to try and make them not get along but I'm used to dealing with personality, all different types of personality. So I felt like I had a leg up in that sense that I had already experienced meeting a new group of people from all over the place and learning how to get along with them. Many, many sure. times, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the new show is the first episode of Big Brother. <laughs> exactly. No, really, that's how it felt. So that's kind of the leg up that I felt I had because from being in the industry. As someone who just binge watched 29 episodes, uh, 29 seasons of The Amazing Race, oh. I'm always fascinated when somebody, we had an Amazing Race winner on the show, and now we have you who got deep into Big Brother. It's always fascinating to hear um, the reality show from the other side and kind of how it's reflected and edited to TV. So did you yeah. feel... I mean, it seems like um, you felt like it was a good representation of kind of what was actually happening in the house. Yeah, I did. I think that there are a few things that they change up. or not change up. It's like the Cliff Notes version of it. Mm -hmm. So just because, you know, we're in the house 24-7, there's a lot of layers to what's going on. But they don't have time to show all that on an hour episode. Um, So Mm -hmm. sometimes they'll do the Spark Notes version of it. But... For the most part, I think it's pretty accurate. There's also something with Big Brother called the 24-hour live feeds. If you have the CBS app, you can go on that app and watch the house guests at any point of the day. And just the cameras are on you 24-7 and they're being broadcasted to America live in that moment. So if we wanted right now, we could turn on and see what the remaining six house guests are, are doing in the house at this moment. Eating cereal, whatever it is, just hanging out, chilling. So... Even though 
some things might not make it onto the main show, the diehard fans see everything. Mm, sure, That's sure. So interesting. It's like um, uh, the Truman Show, but you know, yes. you're on the show. Yes, exactly. Or what's the other one? Ed TV. Ed TV. Oh yeah, remember that one? No. Who, that was, was there Ma- a Doctor Who episode about Big Brother? Maybe oh, that was like Big Brother. Yes. I don't know. That's There's awesome. a Doctor Who episode like about British. <laughs> um, reality tv well how many uh, how many corners do you think are in the big brother house oh god because we have a corner here <laughs> tuesdays in the in corner, the corner with with Kevin. Kevin. kevin's corner with a zoom lag <laughs> <laughs> tommy welcome to kevin's corner where i have created a list of questions for you uh based on all of the answers will be related to your name in some way. Okay, great. And um, we're going to see how this goes. Um, question one. <laughs> okay. My grandmother constantly brought up this famous musical theater dancer and choreographer and told me, Kevin, he dances like an angel. An angel, Kevin. An angel. What? So this person shares the same first name as you. Oh, he's an angel? He dances like an angel. First name? Thomas? I don't know. Tommy? 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 Tom Tom Jones? Does Tom Jones dance? It's not Tom Jones, Kimberly or Brian for the steal. One, two, three, tune! Oh, Tommy Toons. Tommy Toon. Yikes. I, I saw Kimberly's eyes light up. I knew she knew it. Sorry, I met him once. He's so tall. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma literally, every time we brought up anything musical theater, she was like, is Tommy Toon in that? And I was like, no, he's not. And she's like, Kevin, he dances like an angel. An angel, Kevin. And I was like, okay, got it. Tommy Toon. Angel. <laughs> um, okay, question two. You got this. I've definitely worn jeans by this Tommy before. Uh, Tommy jeans. <laughs> well, I mean, that is his like line of jeans, but I'm gonna get them all wrong. I know it. <laughs> you remember when his daughter was on a reality show? Who? Whose daughter? <laughs> all right, for the steal, Kimberly and Brian. <laughs> One, two, three. Tommy Hilfiger. Hilfiger? Yeah. Daughter was on a, a reality show like that rivaled like the Hills. But it was them in New York, and she talked about her third eye a lot. I'm obsessed with your answer being Tommy Jeans. <laughs> Tommy Jeans. Isn't it his jeans though? So that, that's a half point, no? No, it, I mean that is what it, I'll give you a half point. We'll give you. A yeah, half you, point. you got the Tommy. Yeah, he got the Tommy part right. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, question goal. three. This is going exactly how I thought it would. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah. do it. I got this one. All right, question three. This famous The Fugitive actor who has your name went to Harvard where his roommate was Al Gore. Is it Tommy Lee Jones? It is Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, that's the only one I got right. Yes. <laughs> You got a few more. You got a few more to go. You'll get through it. Lived with Al Gore. I'm just getting warmed up. He was Al Gore's roommate in college. Um, all right, this one. Uh, question. Next question. One of my first professional gigs out of college, 
was playing rambunctious youth Tommy Gillis, who is courting Mayor Shin's daughter in the subplot of this famous musical set to be revived when Broadway returns. The Music Man. Correct. Yes. An extra bonus point if you can give me the first name of Mayor Shin's daughter that Tommy is dating. Oh, come on. I know this one. It's not Bo Peep. What is it? It's something. um, Oh, man, I don't know. I forgot. Wait. No, no, no. I know this. Gee, gods, right? She says, ye gods. Yeah, ye gods the whole time. Yep. It's not Bo Peep. Uh, I don't know. I forgot. It's Z- Zanita. Not Zanita. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, it's not Shapoopy. <laughs> All right. Um, in my straight bro Jake's high school days, I was secretly in love with my best friend, an ultra jock dude named Tommy, who is the star player in which sport? A basketball, B baseball, C football, or D golf? Wait. Why would we know this? This is oh, a I, question. This is a question. Yeah. Oh, but I have a, a guess. Real, a real life one. It's real life. I was when I was in high school. I was like a straight bro, straight bro. But I was in love with my best friend Tommy, who was the star. This player. Let's try golf. Oh, that's a good guess, uh, Kimberly. Do you have a guess? <laughs> that's a good guess. Uh, what are other golf. sports? Football. It's football, baseball, basketball, or golf? Football, because I think you almost said quarterback by accident. Uh, Brian? So I so here's where I'm torn. You grew up in Ponte Vedra Beach, which, which is where the PGA is. So I feel like a lot of people play golf. But I but I think you were I, I think you were gonna say by accident quarterback or basketball player or something like that. But I'm gonna go with my I, I'm gonna go with my gut and say and say golf. Um, he was a baseball player. Oh, oh. I was, was trying to think of the uniform you'd most he was a, exactly. he was a pitcher. <laughs> and I didn't oh. go for a golfer. <laughs> oh, God, he was a pitcher. There's a joke. I, for I, I wasn't okay. going to go there, but <laughs> <laughs> he was on the field. Um, so, okay, next question. Uh, when I was in fifth grade in Catholic school, a boy named Tommy Delaney was one of the few boys that bullied and terrorized me at a football practice in my first and only year of playing tackle football. Were Tommy and the boys bullying me because A, I had dropped the ball in a crucial touchdown in an important game, thus ruining our season. B, I took the first string tight end position away from Tommy's friend, Vincent Russo, and they were mad at me. C, I looked the best in that uniform and all those jealous bitches knew it. Or <laughs> I severely broke the leg of our star running back, Billy Bongiorno, in a barbaric punishment for being late to practice called Bull in the Ring. I'm going with B, the Vincent Russo one. The one that uh, I took his, his role in the game? Yeah, yeah. So the answer is that I actually broke the leg of our star running back. Um, They did this thing called bull in the ring if you were late to practice, where they made all of the people on the team get in a big circle around you in the center. 
And then for every minute you were late to practice, they called out a number of a person in the circle. And if they called your number, you had to run in and hit the person as hard as you could. And so they did this like to punish you for being late. And so they called my number and I ran in to hit the kid and he got scared. So he stepped back and he put his foot into a hole. So when I hit him, his whole body went, but his foot stayed in the hole. And then because of that incident, the entire school district outlawed bull in the ring as a punishment for like being late for football. Absolutely. And this was fifth grade tackle football. Um, Tackle? Tackle. It was the first year you were allowed to play tackle was fifth grade. Uh, I was the captain. I almost said president. I was the captain of my fifth grade flag football team in gym. Yes. After that year, I never played a sport that didn't have like a, a net between you and the other team. <laughs> I was like, volleyball and tennis are good for me. All right, last question for you, Tommy. Okay. I spent many hours watching the adventurous antics of a boy named Tommy and his friends Chucky, Phil, Lil, Angelica, and Susie on this Nickelodeon cartoon show. The Rugrats. Amazing. And bonus points, which will make up all the ones that you lost. If you can tell me Tommy's last name and his mom, dad, and brother's names. Okay. So we've got Pickles is the last name. Stu is the father. DD is the mother. And Dill is the brother. And you just won Kevin's corner. Well done, Tommy. <laughs> Do you know the name of his grandpa? Oh, Grandpa Lou. Yes! Killed it! <laughs> the best show. Best show. Okay. Such a good show. Oh. Uh, that's the Kevin's Corner. Rugrats Gone Wild. There was a... Oh, yeah. Rugrats Remember Rugrats. All Grown Up? All Grown Up? All so Grown Up. Oh, my God. All Grown Up. I really want to shout it out. <laughs> I want the world to know. Oh, the best. I really so love good. If we asked you to do a performance of Newsies right now and a performance of Rugrats Gone Wild, <laughs> which one do you think you could do better? I think I would prefer Rugrats Gone Wild. <laughs> um, wait, what was Angelica's mom's name? Isn't it Courtney? What did um, she look like a Courtney to me? She looked like a Courtney. She definitely looked had like a vibe. Courtney. Yeah. I remember her mom. Oh, her, oh, her mom was the businesswoman who ignored her. The, like, short hair, blonde, up to here. Oh, yes, that's a Courtney. She was, um, a, she was a Karen, for sure. Oh, my God, I loved that show so much. The best. It was such a good show. Yeah, I miss it. Taught everyone about Hanukkah and Pat. And the, the fact that they had, like, the, like, Phil and Lil's mother was more of, like, a gruffer kind of like strong woman who we all knew that woman and then she was married to like the quiet kind of like soft-spoken man like they weren't just like it was so good angelica's mom's name was charlotte charlotte yes damn it she just looked like a courtney though like as a young jewish boy like though like as kimberly mentioned like seeing myself represented like and showing passover and hanukkah like meant a lot to me so like you know, you know, when we talk about now um, uh, representation in movies and, 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 and Broadway, like 
I, I think a lot, not even joking, like I think a lot about Rugrats and how every single thing I watched on TV was Christmas, which I love Christmas. Kimberly's the first one who could tell you that I love Christmas so much. But like to, to watch, to I come to, yeah, every year. But like, I, it was very nice to see like the Hanukkah story and like I, Rugrats will always like get that high five for me for that. And that's amazing. That's great. Good old Rugrats. Thank Good you. old Rugrats. Thank well, Similar to Rugrats, um, should we talk about Pretty Woman? Yes. <laughs> Similar to Rugrats, yes. Speaking of the 90s? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, I guess, uh, what was, you, so from an audience perspective, you were working your tush off up there and you were yes. incredible and your numbers and everything, you and, it was, it was you and Brad Oscar, friend of the show, right? No. Oh, um, oh Eric Anderson. Anderson. Oh, Anderson, excuse me. I don't know why I thought Brad Oscar, but um, he is wonderful. But like, I guess talk about your experience with that show. You know, it wasn't long lasting. People seem to get a real kick out of it. Um, um, and uh, and, and, and I, I, Kimberly, did you see it with your mom? No, my dad saw it with my mom. Mm. Um, but um, I just like tell came it. in for the day and saw. Brian, did you see it? No, I saw it with my mom. Um, because you had tickets, so I used the other ticket for my mom because Kimberly wasn't in town or something like that. But um, I had dinner with my parents right after they saw it, and hmm. they just raved the whole night. Um, it was a great show. It was so much fun. I mean, honestly, I still listen to the album all the time. The music is unbelievable. The music is amazing. It's such. It's so good. Like. Anywhere but here, oh my gosh, like that, I will never get sick of that song. I, I'll never get sick of hearing it. Rodeo Drive, <coughs> um, You and I, I Can't Go Back, Welcome to Hollywood. There are so many songs from the show that I just can't get sick of, honestly. I love listen to, listening to them. Um, does that feel like a lifetime ago or does that feel... That feels recent, recent, honestly. Uh, I missed the show. I feel like, so what happened was I was supposed to come back into it when I got off of Big Brother, but then I didn't even know that this, because when you're in Big Brother, you, when you're in the house, you have no contact with the outside world. So I had no idea, but Pretty Woman closed in the middle of August. And I was in the Big Brother house until beginning of October. I had no idea that the show closed. So when I got evicted from the Big Brother house, I, in my like eviction speech, I was like, shout out to my, big, to my pretty woman family. I love you guys. I can't wait to come back to you. They're all like watching. They're like, oh, he doesn't know. The- oh. Oh, no. no. So it- Oh, God, you literally can't go back. They're I like, you I- can't go back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh- was it German Big Brother that- had to be told about the coronavirus? Yeah, um, Canadian. Was it? I remember watching that. Yeah, the Canadian uh, show was happening when that went on, and they, they uh, had to shut down the whole entire thing. They shut it down. It was crazy. Wow. Well, what, what, now looking back, because you can't go back, what's something that, you, you know, same Newsies question, but for Pretty Woman, like, what, is it, what did it bring out? Like, when you think back on that experience, because, I mean, man, you were, you were really great in that. What, what do you think about, um, what, what's the thing, what pops to your head? 
For, so I look at my two Broadway shows, Newsies and Pretty Woman. For me, News, uh, Newsies was about the show. Pretty Woman was about the role. Um, okay. I loved my role, Julia, the bellhop guy in Pretty Woman. It was so much fun to do. It was, it was so much fun to build that role with Jerry Mitchell and, and the entire cast and the creative team. It was, it was amazing. It was built on me. And that, that mm-hmm. what, a, what an honor that I got to do that. Um, and I, I love the role. I just do. I never got sick of doing it. Never got sick of playing it. It was so much fun. It, it was like geared towards my strengths. So I, it, I got to just thrive and do me on stage. It was great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine that was, I mean, I've said it like a thousand times already, but like you were a star in that thing. You were like, so you're, good. Thanks guys. I love you. It. You said you, the role was built on you. Like, did it exist when you booked the show or did it sort of pop out of the rehearsal room? There were, I don't, I, I don't want to like, brag like because i but it is really cool that there were only two mini parts there was a dance section and then there was uh an elevator section that was in the script when i first came on and then when we were rehearsing for chicago i would come in and every day there would be a stack of papers on my station waiting for me and they would add me to another scene and to another thing and and it just kept coming. It was like, it was amazing. It was That's so awesome. Fun. It was so cool. So it was built on me kind of, and it, it was the best. I I loved that. It was so amazing and collaborative and I freaking love Jerry Mitchell. It was just great. I loved it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so, so cool. Um, now you talked about your two Broadway shows and we do a segment here called Stage Door Stories. Stories, Door Stories. Oh, I bet they um, both are Yeah. <laughs> what kind of, we always love to ask our guests um, for a Stage Door Story, <clears throat> one or two that wrote, that kind of is the essence of the stage during experience, whether you were someone who was stage during in your youth or whether, you know, you were the actor and, and, and working all, and, and participating it from that side. Um, I guess, you know, something heartfelt or funny or something that encapsulates the experience of being in Newsies, which I'm sure was nuts or pretty woman, which I'm sure was nuts. Um, uh, so I'll leave that as an open-ended kind of question for you to fill in. I think the coolest thing, like, when I think of this, like the coolest stage door moment, I'll never forget. Well, first of all, this is really freaking crazy that I have to talk about too. Both, I've, I've done two Broadway shows. Both of them are in the Nederlander Theater. There are 45 Broadway theaters. What are the odds, literally, that both of the shows would be in the Nederlander? That's crazy. Yeah. So crazy. But, so I remember coming out of the Nederlander stage door and just seeing like my whole entire family waiting Behind, mm. like waiting there like all 40 of them whatever it is big huge Italian family one for each Broadway theater <laughs> <laughs> basically um but specifically on like the invited dress night somehow I always love to like uh like break the rules a little bit cut corners get like a little bit extra if I could. So like we got like say five tickets to the invited dress. Somehow I got all 40 of my family members in. And like, <laughs> that's what I mean. That's the kind of guy I am. Like I always somehow like I'll get tickets from people that don't 
that aren't using them all or whatever it is. Anyway, so all 40 of my family members were at the invited dress and they were all waiting outside afterwards. And it was just so freaking cool. I think that's what I think of when I think of the stage. So like coming out mm. and seeing them there or like my dad would, my dad worked in the city. So he would just surprise me and come see the show on random nights for no reason. Oh. So I would like come out of the, the show and then go outside. Oh. And, oh, there's my dad. He's just he came to see the show tonight by himself. Didn't even tell me. That like hurts my heart in a good way. Like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's cute. It is. Yeah. So that's what I think of. Okay. Is this that's beautiful? This, this is the father that you're pulling into all these TikTok videos and dances with you. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Who also yeah. did his own cabaret show? Oh my God, Kevin. Yes. He's insane. He's very insane. He's a crazy person, but he's so funny. He literally just gets the crowd going. He's such a ham. He's, he's an attention whore. <laughs> Really? I wonder. Um, I wonder. I wonder if that fell too far from the tree with you. I mean, I know everyone's like, "Oh, Tommy, you're like you're so, um, you know, like you're the performer of the family." I'm like, "No, I'm really not. Honestly, <laughs> not me. He's the star. I'm, <laughs> it's his world. I'm living in it. That's it. I swear." Can we start a petition for him to be on Big Brother 23. <laughs> I'm working on it. Oh my God. I would die. I would literally die. He would be perfect. <laughs> I can't leave your mother that long. Like, you know, stupid. <laughs> um, hey, should we play a game? Yes. Yeah. Kimberly, lead us. Lead us. Um, I, you know, when I think of Newsies and playing a game, I think of one of our favorites, historical fiction, the musical. Yay! I have found another listicle called Six Teenagers Who Made History. So when it is your turn, I will read you like the synopsis of a teenager's life and then tell me how you might create a Disney made-for-TV musical around them. Wait, what? Kevin will do it first so you want Our own show? And just like make it up. I have my whole... Lights of Broadway show card deck if you want me to pull people out for you to cast in your show. Oh, great. Love it. Okay. And then just tell me, like, you can do it yourself. If it's, like, Disney Channel original or if it's going right to Broadway, you tell me where it might make the most sense. Okay, great. Love it. Let's do it. Um, Since we can't pull things out of a hat, we have a fun game of Say When, and I will scroll through the list and tell you who you get. Cool. Um, Kevin, you get to go first. Cool. Ready? Yep. Say When. When? Mary Shelley. Oh, who wrote Frankenstein? She wrote Frankenstein, and she wrote it when she was 18. Wait, really? It was a, ch- it was a challenge with her friends, right? Um, I'm not sure. Though she didn't publish it until she was 21, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus when she was 18. She wrote several other well-regarded novels, but Frankenstein was her best known and remains a classic. Oh, this is, because I'm almost, I'm pretty positive because I like did a report on Mary Shelley when I was a kid, I think, that she wrote it as a challenge with her group of friends. They were trying to write the scariest story. And so they all like wrote it and then like met up to share. So like the musical is 100% like Mary Shelley and a bunch of her friends meeting up to tell each other the scary stories that they've written. It's Are You Afraid of the Dark, the musical? Yes. And as <laughs> I love Are You Afraid of the Dark. 
<laughs> it's 100% that. And every time one of them starts telling the story, the other ones become like the characters in the story. And it's like a whole like Peter and the Star Catcher kind of like making things out of nothing musical kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, and it ends with her telling the Frankenstein story. Um, well, Kimberly, who, who, yeah, who are going to play these people? Great. Let's see. Let's pull you out a few. <laughs> you get to have Michael Bennett. Okay. Choreograph as a ghost. Yes, he'll direct and choreograph. And Aaron Tveit. Oh, perfect. Is Frankenstein? No, he'll be yeah, he'll be Dr. Frankenstein. That's perfect, but he'll be like he'll be like the guy that wrote the scary story that she like has a crush on and like doesn't want hers to be better than his so that he won't like like her. But then she like learns to like let her scary Frankenstein monster show. Great. That's my musical. I love it. Brian, would you like a turn? I would love a turn. Oh, wait, let me get to the top. Say when. When? Louis Braille. Okay. Braille language for the blind was developed by Louis Braille in 1824 when he was just 15 years old. He tweaked it and expanded it after that, but having been blind himself since the age of three, he was inspired at a young age to conceive of a way to read and write. Braille consists of 63 characters, each made up of one to six raised dots. Um, he published his first Braille book, a three-volume history book, in 1837. Wow. Hmm. Now, I can go one of two ways with this. I can go avant-garde. Where your program, I think you, I think regardless of how the show is presented, you absolutely get a Braille program. Like no question about that. Um, now you can go avant-garde with it, where the show is done in darkness, um, and it's literally just done in darkness, and there are songs and everything. Um, but they're, you know, you, you're, it, they're trying to create what a movie can do in terms of like creating this like first person. Yeah. Type of and again, you musical. can choose if this is a theatrical show or a ma- a movie. Oh, right. So, but, but if I, right, but if you do the movie, it, it's just I just think if you do the movie, it's a it's a or it's is a it a podcast? Hmm. This is all very interesting. Would I you think like I'm to gonna catch go someone while you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Brian Stokes Mitchell. Okay, I think. Um, Oh, oh hmm, this is so difficult. I think that Brian Stokes Mitchell plays his father, who in I don't know how his father was in real life, but um, in my version of this, he is supporting him, at, or maybe he starts off as being like not understanding him, and then or learns to understand his son. And like one of his main things is maybe his father is a is a novelist, and he can't read his books. So like this is one of his um, reasons to do that. So I think I'm going to make this a, a. I think we need to get the word out about Mr. Braille, um, and I think that this is a Disney movie um, for TV where you know we're just trying to get the history of it out there because it's important. Um, we want to represent this community in the best light possible and get this information out to the younger generation. Um, and I do think it's a. It's not a full musical. It's like one of those Disney musicals where like there are songs here and there, but we're really just like telling the story. Um, 
And I think we cast a new person as Mr. Braille. Do you want to find one? Oh, no, I meant like a, an unknown. Oh, so not Jennifer Holiday? No, I think, <laughs> I think Jennifer Holiday is the <laughs> wife, uh, or, or, or I guess, what, what year does this take place? 1837. Maybe not the mother, but she's the wife of the printing press guy who needs to convince the husband who owns the printing press to print Braille and like actually like forge the pieces. Does she sing a song called Find Your Braille? <laughs> um, uh, she, yeah, you know I mean, what? After Hours 54 Below show on Friday. Night. Yeah, she absolutely, no, no. That song was cut and rewritten as something oh, okay. more, less punny. But like that becomes, <laughs> Jennifer Holiday stops doing Dream Girls at 54 Below and only sings only this cut sings song. This new song. Find Your Braille. Just, just so we all know, the alcohol really hit me during that sentence. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Tom, would you like a turn? Uh, yes, I'm pumped. I can't wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's called Braille Mate. Oh, like stalemate? But... Yes. Okay. Is there a love story? Uh, um, maybe. Okay. Right, ready, we want the show to sell. Of course, there's a love story. <laughs> All righty, say when. When? <laughs> when? Joan of Arc. Oh. Uh, At age 13, believing she was on a mission from God, but having no military experience, Joan of Arc led the French army in a major victory against the English during the Hundred Years' War. Oh, my gosh. oh and then she was captured and burned at the stake. Yeah. Well, it feels like it should be very lame is, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Very lame is, but hmm, maybe, but I like to be different. I don't want to do what it should be expected to be. All right. Joan of Arc, the musical, very lame is, very operatic, but maybe we're going to make it a little like Pirates of Penzance. Like, it's going to be a little funny, too. It's not going to be dramatic like you think when you get yeah. like Joan of Arc. It's going to be like Pirates of Penzance, like funny. So it will be an opera. Um, John Rando will direct. Josh yeah. Bogos will choreograph. Of course. Um, the team, yes. Uh, hmm. Joan. Oh, should we see who's playing who? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Let's see. Well, Kimberly. Well, Kimberly chooses. Celia Keenan Bolger. He's Joan. Oh, so good. So accurate. Like literally, couldn't have picked a better person. So and good. and as you described it, and I'm going to be using this in every sentence from now on. She is Penzancy. She's Penzancy. Yes, she really yeah. is. She lives in that time that that old timey talking. That's her. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we need um the villain. Okay. Is who? Is like the devil? Like who would the villain be in this situation? Maybe uh, that's Elaine a good Stritch. Oh, yes. That's so good. <laughs> Elaine Stritch as the devil, but people feeding her the lines from all yeah. the where she's, oh God, did you guys see her in? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good. It was pretty epic. <laughs> it, was so good. it was so good. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'll never forget that. One of my best times at the theater ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, Elaine stretches the devil, but she never moves from, she, like, 
She's in a piece of the set that comes out, overlooks the, the stage, and then it comes back away. But she never even moves the entire thing. And it's ironic because she's above everybody, whereas you would think the devil the would devil be, be below. Mm. Oh. So that's why you don't realize that she's the devil until the end. Sure. I love everything about this. And then, you know what it is? At some, you don't even realize she's wearing red the entire show. You don't know who this character is because she's just like on a platform. You're confused about it. But then you notice the entire time she's been wearing red. And at the end, God comes in and God is at the bottom. And you realize that everything on the stage has been upside down the entire time. So oh. it's a major sick concept. It's sick. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, know. I love it. I love it. I'm obsessed. No, I'm literally obsessed, actually. I literally have to make this. Yeah, you have to do it now. Yeah, it's a Broadway musical. It is. It's a Broadway musical. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I feel like my creative juices are flowing more than... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Someone say when for me, and then I'll have a turn. When? Wait, I also have Mary Shelley. Who's next to Mary Shelley? Barbara Jones. Of course, in Barbara. 19- Barbara. In 1951, the 16-year-old Barbara Jones initiated a student strike over substandard facilities at her segregated school in Virginia. Her activism attracted the attention of two NAACP lawyers who took her case to court to fight for better resources and demand equality. The case of Dorothy E. Davis versus the County School Board of Prince Edward County was one of the five reviewed by the Supreme Court during the hearings of Brown versus Board of Education and used in evidence that segregated schools are unconstitutional. Mm. Yes. Yes. So this is, hmm. I want to say it's a Disney Channel original, but I also would like it to be on Broadway. So let's say it was a Disney Channel original musical in the early 2000s. Okay. And then we're bringing it to Broadway now. So it's like <laughs> color, it's like color of friendship. That color like, of friendship, yeah. right, exactly. Please. And it was like, do you remember Color of Friendship from the Disney Channel about apartheid in South Africa? No. I re- yes, yes. It was incredible. Yeah. But when did it come to Broadway? It, it did. Oh. I'm just saying it's that kind of a feel of a movie. Yeah, it's that kind of feel of like, it kind of glosses over everything and makes it sort of a... Wait, why has it Color of Friendship come to Broadway? (laughs) Because they are waiting for Barbara Jones. (laughs) They needed an... I'm sorry, Barbara Johns. They are waiting for the American version of this tale and they need, you know... Some people. So I'm going to say it was not a musical. It was just like a straight Disney Channel original Friday night film. Wow. Love those. Miss them. That is being Mm -hmm. adapted. And they're pulling in like famous pop writers to sort of like go back and put their stamp on this movie. So a la like Spongebob. Like you're getting uh, the greats, but like maybe mostly John Legend. <laughs> yeah. Because I just want him to like be a producer on this and I want Chrissy Teigen to be a producer on this. Um, I'm picking the entire creative team and not saying what the show is going to be like, but it's going to feel kind of Matilda-y in that like 
all of the kids are very young. All of the songs are just like really powerful and demanding change. And there's just a lot of desks around. <laughs> and it like takes place in like one, like it looks like you're just looking at like one room in a school. And depending on which school you're in, like something in the lighting changes and somehow just like magically like this classroom goes from the segregated school um, that does not have enough funding. And then you're in the white school that has a ton of funding. Oh. It like magically changes and everyone sees. And then slowly and slowly as the um, plot progresses, it becomes like a mixture of both sets. Um, okay, let's see who's in this show. Let's see. Sally Field <gasps> is going to play like their lawyer, maybe. Yeah. Or the teacher. The teacher. I think the teacher who like finds them their lawyer. Yes. Mm, and, like, I like that. She's like very much just like, yes, I need all of the resources and she is very much a part of the movement. Okay. <laughs> then we have, oh, David Diggs is the lawyer. Totally. Go with. And his like um, closing arguments is like a 10 minute epic. I was like, I'm like song and patter song and then ends act one. Okay, let's see. Oh, Andre DeShields. Mm. Um, perhaps one of the characters. Oh, no, 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 no. Narrator. Great. Yeah. And then at the end, he steps into like one of the actors is missing from the schoolhouse scene. And he steps in at the very end and sits at their desk. And you realize he's been telling the story the whole time. Was he one of those kids? He was one of the kids. Love it. I was that boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. Mostly it's an Andre DeShields Tony winning vehicle. As well. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Which I will watch at any moment. Oh yeah, that's been Historical Fiction the Musical Part 2. Yay. Wow, love that. <laughs> um, before we end here, Tommy... What was the first show you ever saw? What, like, what what made you say, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna do this"? Well, the first, to be honest with you, I grew up going to see Broadway shows, but I didn't know that I wanted to do this until high school, mm. um, till the end of high school, like right out of high school. Um, the first show I saw was The Lion King, um, and I well, no. Beauty and the Beast, and I was dancing in the aisles and singing, and my parents had to apologize to all the people around us, but all the people around us were like, no, it's really cute, he's loving it, like, it's okay, like, they were understanding, so that's, that's like, a story that my mom always tells, which I think is really cute. Um, so that's the first show I saw, but the one that made me want to do it, oh, this is going to be different, Promises, Promises. Mm. The revival. The, yeah. What, what about it? Turning Point. That when I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I love this show. I love theater. I can do this. I want to do this. I'm all in. That was the moment, kind of, that show. Oh, wow. What, what, 
Because Kate, uh, what's her, Kate Finner? No, what's her name? Um, her performance in that was insane. She was on the stage for 10 minutes and she and won. she a- won a Tony, right? Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. Um, Finnerin? Finnerin? Katie Finnerin? Yeah. Katie yeah. She is, I will never forget. Oh, you, wait, this is actually also another funny one. This show also made me want to do theater Xanadu. <laughs> yes. Because it's fun. It's so fun. Carrie Butler was so good. And Mary Testa and Jackie Hoffman were incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Butler, my name is Kira. She would do that. And then Jackie Hoffman and Mary Testa together was so funny. But that was like, it was a That show was great. Yeah. It was those two shows that made me say, I need to do theater. I can do this. I want to do this. You're like, I can wear short shorts and roller skate. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, 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 uh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Where's the next great roller skating show? We had Starlet Express. We had Xanadu. We had SpongeBob. You have all these actors with the ability to roller skate. Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. SpongeBob, they did it, too. Oh, yeah. 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 You have people that are trained to do this now. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> yeah, well, so those are, my, those are my answers. Those are good answers. Um, well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, felt very short. Thank you, guys. That was, that was so much fun. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. Um, where can people find you on the internet? What podcast? To tell us where we can find you. Um, you can find me at, at Tommy Bracco and um, on all the platforms. And then my podcast is called Real Talk, and talk is spelled T-A-W-K. Right behind you. Yeah, it's right behind me, the neon sign. Um, we talk about all reality shows. So we're right now reviewing Big Brother, but then we're going to jump into The Amazing Race. That is coming. Listen, with- if you ever need someone who's watched every single episode and knows it like the back of their hand, I am happy to join you. Okay, I will call you, seriously. Um, so we're doing that, and then we're going to start The Bachelorette starts October 16th also, so we're going to be reviewing that one as well. Boon! Yeah. Cool. I'm very excited. I'm excited, yeah. <coughs> Awesome. Um, that's great. Well, you can find us at Broadway Set on all social media. You can find us on Facebook. Kevin runs our Facebook group. Um, you can find us on Patreon and then wherever you get your podcasts. So um, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, iTunes. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. And I realized very late in the game, there's no such thing as iTunes anymore. Oh my gosh, right. Apple Podcasts. Or Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I guess that's true. Oh. Um, I really said there was someone said Apple Podcasts, and I was like, what about I- Oh, I can't. Well, on, you could still find us on iTunes on like desktops. No, it's called Apple Music. Oh, I haven't updated my computer yet. Oh. <laughs> um, but. I uh, the other day. Yeah. But. Uh, Bless you. Thank you. Um, thank you for. There's yeah. a, there's a another platform that just started doing podcasts. I heard, right? What was it? Um, Spotify, Apple, and oh my goodness, I can't. Did Audible just start a podcast section. Audible does it too, but then there's one more, like a, a main. Um, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon just started Ooh. podcast. So we gotta look into that, guys. Sure. Yeah, big time. Get our, our shows up running on there. You gotta get on that. <laughs> yeah, Everywhere. I started it, I think, too. 
This is, but this has been a real talk broad wasted crossover. Yeah, but we're not on Amazon yet. Let me be. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We end every episode with a quote. And we do, Kevin. And this one, there's only one quote that we could end with for this one. And it's, of course, I hear you talking how I deserve the best. A voice inside my head keeps saying, don't settle for less. I can't go back. I've seen a different world. I can't go back. I'm a different girl. I can't go back to who I was before. I can't go back. I always wanted more. You guys, yes. I am a different girl. That that was thank you was so like much. Everyone I, after I quarantine say, that song too. Like I can't go back to wearing pants. That, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that performance of her singing that live. Yeah, like when I saw it on Broadway, like her singing that song live was unreal. Like she was so perfect that it sounded fake, but I knew yeah. it wasn't because you could hear the quality of her voice that it was live. It was yeah. just just it just kept going higher and higher. She just kind of like soared through it. Her voice just, it gave me the chills every single night, every performance. She literally hit it every single time. Never missed a beat. She, I love her so much. All of them, the whole cast was so freaking talented. I mean, then you have Orfe, like. Yeah. Between whose voice is better? Like you can't the it, the two best voices in the industry, Orfe and Samantha Barks. Like, it's a little, it was insane. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys. I love you. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, as we end every episode, we raise our raise our glasses. Yeah. Empty as always. And we say, Cheers. Thank you so much. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was super fun. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.